you are Locked On Washington Football Team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Find Chris on Twitter at WrestleMania621. Find me at Harrison82. You can also find Chris on the radio at Team980 and at 1067 The Fan in DC. And then covering your Washington football team in writing for Sports Illustrated. Uh, if you're interested in more football or if you happen to be a dual fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team, you can also find my writing over at BucksNation.com covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for SB Nation. And then you can find me four days a week, sometimes five, at the Locked On Bucks podcast with my co host. James Yarko, and then of course, find the show here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast at Locked WFT Pod on Twitter. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. Welcome to all of our new listeners. No matter how you find us, we're glad that you're here. We hope that you come back again. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice. Leave a rating, leave a review. Let me know. Let us know how we're doing, and let all of your other fellow Washington Football Team fans. Find the show as well. And, Chris, we're going to start off this conversation with some free agent conversation. I mean, that's that's going to be all the entire conversation through probably really the month of March, and then we'll switch over and get really super draft heavy, I imagine, in mid-March to late March. But right now, Pro Football Focus came out with a top 50 free agent list, and they went ahead and made some projections, which you, all, you know is always dangerous because you're going to make someone mad. Their favorite player is going to go somewhere else, and if they don't land there, they're going to make sure they hit you up on social media and tell you how wrong <laughs> you were. Uh, fortunately for Washington football team fans, not only does Brandon Scherf come back to Washington in this projection, which I'm actually seeing more and more of, so I'm really happy about that, uh, but they also land two more big-name free agents on that list as well. Yeah, and and, and first of all, it's, it's good to be back with you. I know we've done a couple of shows separately, but we're back together again, right? It was like the mega powers were reunited <laughs> uh, at, at once. And you mentioned Brandon Scherf. Again, this is just projections, so nobody get their – you know, their knickers in a twist here. That's real old man knickers reference and all that stuff. Basically pants in a twist. Uh, but, you know, speaking of old men, one, two of the guys that pro football focus kind of project and predict will sign with the Washington football team in the top 50 is Russell Okung. Not Chris Russell. No, no, no. This Russell Okung uh, on a three-year, $50 million deal. The other one is a quarterback you may have heard of. We'll get to him in a sec. But, David, I'm going to spin this on you. We know that Marty Herney helped bring in Russell Okung as a free agent while with the general manager, uh, while as the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. We, um, we know that there's that connection, but not necessarily the direct connection to Ron Rivera. Here's what I also know. Russell Okung has had a very good career, but he's 33 going on 34, I believe. And gosh, I, I don't know. I mean, if we're talking about a one-year deal, that's one thing. If we're talking about a multi-year deal, and if we're talking about basically roughly an average of uh, 16 and a half, 17 million per year. Yeah. I'm out on this. Yeah. It's a tough pill to swallow. And, and, you know, when, when you're looking at, you know, the pro football focused staff and the writers and they're, and they're trying to, 
project, you know, as best they can where these guys might land and who knows how much inside information they may or may not have. I don't imagine, you know, honestly, there's a whole lot of agents leaking information to pro football focus, but you never know. It, it could be a thing. Um, it, it's, it's low hanging fruit, right? You, you have the connection, you have the obvious connection between former personnel and players and, and the, and the relationship between those guys and kind of Russell Okun's best days were with the Carolina Panthers and Marty Herney had a part in that. So, you know, you go back to when Bruce Arians was hired uh, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What did he do? He brought in some former Arizona Cardinals, Kevin Minter, who's still a part of the team, uh, came in. Dayon Buchanan was came. He was actually part of the practice squad this year. Even Tyron Matthew was a free agent. So, of course, all the buzz was that he's going to get Tyron Matthew to sign with the Buccaneers. Patrick Peterson was considered to be up for a trade. So all the buzz was that. And even now, that now that the that Patrick Peterson's moving on from Arizona, all kinds of people are wondering: Is Patrick Peterson going to come to the Buccaneers and join BA? Um, Dirt Cutter, uh, or uh, not Dirt Cutter? Sorry, Lovey Smith when he came over from the Bears, um, he brought all kinds of Bears over with him. So. This happens a lot, and fan bases kind of get frustrated because you start to call it, well, is this is this the Washington football team or the Washington Panthers, right? Right. But you have to imagine some of these guys are coming over for a reason. Some of that is raw ability and talent, and some of it is leadership and work ethic. And I, and I kind of wonder if the Washington football team were to sign a guy like Russell Okung, how much of it is expected actual performance and talent and how much of that is actual leadership and development? Because, I mean, he only played himself seven games this season. So this isn't so not only is he a veteran, an aged veteran, you know, coming into his mid thirties, you obviously have those wear and tear and, and stamina issues, but then he's also coming off of a year where he barely played or he didn't even play half a season. Right. That's concerning for you. So to sign him to a one year deal is a little risky unless you're basically doing it vet minimum, come be a leader, maybe take some snaps if we need you. But a three year fifty million dollar deal for an, a middle mid thirties guy who just played less than half a season, I can't see that happening. Yeah, and, and and listen, nobody's saying that Russell Okun can't help with leadership. And, you know, maybe if you sign him to a favorable structure with some funny money um, and the guys that you already have right now under contract, Jaron Christian Sr. going into the final year of his deal, Cornelius Lucas, who did a fairly decent job uh, last year at left tackle after Christian went out uh, for much of the second half, he's going into the final year of his two-year deal. And, of course, you did draft – Sadiq Charles, who had, uh, as I often say, more injuries last year, different ones, three, than snaps played, two, in his NFL rookie season. So it's not like you would be asking Russell Okung to play, you know, for the next three or four years. But if you have to pay him a certain amount of money to get him in the building and to get one good year out of him or one pretty solid year out of him, uh, and hopefully the fact that he rubs off on, again, Christian, and then you would have to re-sign Christian or Cornelius Lucas, and then you would have to re-sign Cornelius Lucas. Or, again, Sadiq Charles, and you wouldn't have to re-sign Sadiq Charles because he's under contract for three more years. But it, if if you have to overpay for one year, I'd rather overpay for one year on a one-year deal instead of having some sort of overpay structure on a three-year deal, which is what pro football focus suggests, and then being able or then being left carrying like a bunch of dead money uh, in 2022. I don't know if that makes sense. I'd rather pay the one-year premium on a guy that's 34 and has his scars and wear and tear as opposed to, again, doing the three-year deal or the four-year deal or whatever to make it work for cap purposes 
so that you could spread out the guaranteed money. I don't want to give him that much guaranteed money is essentially where I'm at. And, and that's part of the problem when you look at the NFL and salary caps is, you know, and Trent Williams is going to deal with this. We'll get into him a little bit later. Uh, now, he doesn't have the wear and tear necessarily that Okun does, but I mean, he's he's up there, right? When yeah. you start having to give these big, big, big signing bonuses to guys on the wrong side of 30, you're really asking for it, especially at a position as demanding and as physical as left tackle or on the defensive line or anywhere on the offensive line. Absolutely. And then you can talk about the other free agent that PFF uh, attached to the Washington football team. That's quarterback Cam Newton. And again, some low hanging fruit there with the connection with Ron Rivera and then the connection with the Carolina Panthers. But then also it does fill a need to a certain extent uh, projecting a one year, $5 million fully guaranteed contract. And to me, that's backup money. And, and honestly, Cam Newton as a backup, you could do worse. I mean, you could do better, but you could also do worse. And, and honestly, if that $5 million contract ends up being your third quarterback as Taylor Heineke or whoever else fills that backup role, then, you know, maybe even a little better, maybe gives you some scout team uh, reps if, if he's humble enough to do that kind of thing. But, you know, coming off of that one year prove it deal in New England, it did not go well. Uh, in contrast to Okung, Cam Newton at least played the full slate of games last year, whereas Okung, looking back at it, he's only played 13 games over the last two years, so that even complicates things further. Right. And I know you some, have some some interesting data with Cam Newton's performance with, with New England. I've kind of already made my case known on this podcast. I'm not really high on Cam Newton, whether it's for Washington or anybody. Honestly, I think that the young man needs to hang it up. I think he's got a great career in television if he wants to go that route I, I kind of liken him to a Michael Strahan type of personality I think he could do a lot of different things if he wants to doesn't have to be on the Fox NFL pregame show if he wants to go do daytime talk or something I think he's got a career ahead of him whether you know whether it's football or not I don't like him for Washington but honestly at five million to be a backup or even a third a number three quarterback I mean again like I said you could do worse yeah, I, I mean, listen, I like him a little bit better than you, but I'm I'm with you on the whole. Uh, a, he's got a great career and post life set up for him, you know, which could motivate him. But B, um, I, I do think you could probably tap something back into him with better talent around him. Terry McLaurin, Logan, Logan, uh, Logan Thomas, uh, you know, all um, you know, better running backs. Uh, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, so on and so forth, whoever they draft, be in uh, an ad in free agency. I don't think he's as done as everyone else thinks he is. Um, some of the numbers you were mentioning, and again, this is via Pro Football Focus, he completed uh, four or fewer passes on throws of 10-plus yards down the field in 11 of his 15 starts in 2020. Completed only 14 deep passes over 20 yards down the field. Uh, on the entire season. And overall accuracy was a problem. 28th in percentage of accurate passes thrown behind the uh, beyond the line of scrimmage. But if you look at it, he had 12 rushing touchdowns, right? So he can still do that and he can still add to the mix. And more importantly, you know that if you're going to bring in a Cam Newton, right? Even though he's got some faults, even though he's got some questions, and I think you're more than fair and more than right, and he's taken a lot of abuse. One thing you know, he knows this coaching staff and he knows the system. So you won't have to fight with that if you take a chance on Cam Newton. And I would argue that Cam Newton is a better chance for me than Alex Smith. So if we're looking at not breaking the bank for a veteran quarterback, I'd rather have somebody I know and somebody that knows me and knows the system. Yeah, All right, so that's a, a couple. 
couple of quick thoughts on Cam Newton uh, and Russell Okung. Obviously, we'll expand uh, as more rumors and reports uh, come through. But guys, we are here for rockauto.com. If you have a new or used vehicle, foreign or domestic, whether it's your baby or whether it's just a means of transportation, you're going to need some stuff as the winter goes on, as the bad weather hits, you might need new wiper blades. You might need something vanity-wise, uh, new rugs. Uh, you might need something major, like a fuel pump. Well, there's only one place that we would suggest that you go to, and that's rockauto.com. Why? Well, because you don't have to go to rockauto.com, meaning physically go to rockauto.com in terms of going to an auto parts store because rockauto.com is available to you from your couch, from your office chair, from your bed, from your kitchen table, wherever it is. You don't have to go anywhere except to rockauto.com and you get the best prices. You get great service, all the parts available for your car or truck. It's very, very simple. And rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years and they'll take good care of you. When you go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need rockauto.com. Back now, segment two here at the Locked On Washington football team. David Harrison, Chris Russell, back like we never left. Find Chris on Twitter at Russellmania621. Find me at DHarrison82. And before we get into this segment, we got to talk about February being Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports. The new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. All right. As David mentioned, we are back together and better than ever. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I stole that from Mike and Mike. Uh, but David, you talked about Trent Williams on the Tuesday episode. I touched on it very briefly. I wrote a column uh, on SI.com uh, on the Washington football site about it. And Trent Williams potentially coming back here. I think both of us are in agreement that, look, it sounds nice and it's great, you know, and you, you can always go home again. Uh, but my point further was Trent Williams had an opportunity to stay here and work for this administration and this coaching staff. He didn't want to. He wanted more guaranteed money. He didn't want to play for Ron Rivera and let Ron Rivera get to know him. So I don't personally see Trent Williams, even though he's the top left tackle on the market, coming back. We just talked about Russell Okung. Uh, I'm wondering, and I want your spin on this, could we, because Washington has some options at left tackle, some of which we mentioned, again, Christian going into the final year, Cornelius Lucas, and also Sadiq Charles, could we possibly see them maybe not address left tackle in free agency? Who knows about the draft? Maybe address it some other way in the draft, but also have a thought, hmm, we can go out and sign potentially a right tackle in free agency, and maybe instead of signing a left tackle who's going to theoretically cost more money, maybe we flip Morgan Moses from right tackle to left. And you might say, well, that's crazy. But Morgan played left tackle at the University of Virginia in his collegiate career. He played both. He's mostly been a right tackle here, but he did play left tackle in the Detroit fourth quarter loss and in the Cincinnati home game and in Dallas on Thanksgiving Day. So Morgan Moses can play at left tackle. I know right. that. 
Now, is he a little bit long in the tooth? Sure. But I know that dude's tough as nails and he's going to give you everything he's got. What about that as a scenario in terms of maybe trying to upgrade the offensive line in general, but not doing it purely at the left tackle position? Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting. And, you know, when, when you talk about Morgan Moses, like you say, he's, he's got experience doing it as recent as this last season. Um, he, he, he did fairly well. I mean, he held his own, obviously. And he's a guy that, you know, at least outwardly, I don't know what the locker room dynamics were, like that, but he didn't outwardly complain about it or say, you know, this isn't where I want to play or go to Twitter and say, no, I'm a right tackle or anything crazy like that. So I mean, Morgan is never going to say, I can promise you that Morgan is his team as team comes. And, and he is never going to be a problem in that regard. Exactly. And there, there are guys in this league that have a captain's patch on their shoulder, on their chest because of the position they play, looking at you, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. And there are guys who have captain's patches on their chest because they're captains and leaders of their teams. And that's exactly what you just said. Morgan Moses is a leader on this team. If they ask him to play left tackle because that's where they need him, Morgan Moses is going to go play left tackle. And if you draft a right tackle, or if you do find a cheaper free agent option to play right tackle on your offensive line, because you are, you're going to pay less money for a right tackle than you are a left tackle. That's just how the business goes. Um, that could be a very, a very interesting and a very smart decision that this team can make. And then you talk about Sadiq Charles coming back. And I mean, really, you kind of have, you kind of have two or three bites at the apple. If you look at it that way, I mean, if you go sign a less expensive right tackle compared to a left tackle that you would sign in the open market, and you tell hey, you tell Morgan, hey, get ready to possibly play on the left side, and you bring back Sadiq Charles, and you go draft yourself an offensive tackle, maybe even one that can play on both sides of the line. There's there's a young man out of Michigan that is that has shown he's he's uh, he's line versatile, he's scheme versatile on the offensive line. You go draft those guys. Now you're in a really good situation for your offensive line coach, your coordinator, your coaching staff, where you can come to training camp and say the best five guys, our best five alignment in the alignment that they, that they do the best in. That's going to be our offensive line for the season. And whether that's Morgan Moses on the left and somebody else on the right, Sadiq Charles on the left and somebody else on the right, whoever, whatever the combination is, you've got a group of guys that are either young enough and, and honestly not established enough to make waves, right? Or you have a veteran right. who is established enough to make waves, but is a leader. So he's not going to do, it. I think it's a brilliant idea. Um, one that probably isn't getting talked about enough, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a, an amazing way to one, Go out there and be fiscally responsible while addressing your offensive line concerns, but then also set yourself up to have multiple, multiple options starting the season. Then and then all those options also serve as injury protection if they happen. Yeah. So a couple of things I just wanted to add to this. I don't trust Jaron Christian at all, as far as I could throw him, and I can't throw him very far. So I don't trust him at all. A doesn't stay healthy. B is not that good. Uh, and C is on the last year of his contract. And I don't think this coaching staff is in love with him. And why would they be? Uh, Cornelius Lucas, again, he was fine. He was adequate. He was okay. Solid, maybe. Um, again, he's not a natural left tackle. He never really started in the league. Uh, before last year. And again, they chose Christian over him partially because um, Cornelius Lucas was so bad in, in training camp that I didn't even know if he was going to make the roster. Uh, but give him credit. He played a, better than I thought he would uh, at left tackle. Not great, but better than I thought he would. And again, Sadiq Charles, so many injuries, immaturity, problem. I would say this, uh, Moses not only can he play left and right tackle, and not only is he not going to complain, but he one thing that is a concern of mine in general, no matter what you do, is Moses admitted several times that he actually thought about retiring this past year, before this year. 
And he had a hard time with his dad passing away. And he got very emotional when I asked him about it after the season. Uh, and I think he's still going to play this year. But, I mean, at some point, Morgan is going to say, you know what, enough is enough. Enough, you know, I got to be a dad. And I got to be a full-time dad or a coach or whatever. So uh, that's a long way of saying I think they need to address whether, again, it's left tackle or right tackle, basically with the best available person. One guy that we probably shouldn't, that we probably won't talk about much, but that probably should be mentioned uh, is Tyler Moten. Um, mm-hmm. He is a 325-pound, five right tackle primarily, played a little left tackle, but the connection drafted at the bottom part of the second round by Ron Rivera and the Carolina Panthers. So that is a guy that we should probably keep in mind and keep on the radar as somebody who's not going to cost as much as maybe Russell Okung, certainly as Trent Williams. Uh, If they go out and add a veteran free agent and a young veteran free agent, it could be him because they have that familiarity. And Coach John Matsko obviously coached him up in Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if he gives them an endorsement and wants to bring him on the staff, there's a reason for it. Uh, I was really big. I was a really big fan of Moten coming out of college. So that would be very interesting to see him come to Washington, get to watch him up close and personal a little bit, see how he develops. Uh, we're going to move into segment three, and I'm going to tell you guys something about something else I also like a lot when I see it is the prop bets and the lines that are going on over at betonline.ag, one of the sponsors of this network and this show. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action because football might be over, but the NBA is still going, college basketball is going, NHL is in full swing, and Major League Baseball is right around the corner. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news scores and odds you need. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to do that. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head over to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up for your free account. Use the promo code Locked On when you do, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Locked On at BetOnline.ag for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Thursdays on Locked On NFL are must listen as Ryan Tracy and Jake Liskow break down teams across the NFL from an analytic and team building perspective. Get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts, including the Locked On Washington football team podcast. So in our final segment right here, along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us and good to be back. Uh, David is at dharrison82. Uh, I'm at WrestleMania621, if I could actually speak. We're going to do our free agent focus here as we kind of go through some of the top and premier free agents and see if they are a fit uh, with the Washington football team. And number six on pro football focus's list, David, is Justin Simmons, the outstanding young safety from the Denver Broncos. Um, Clear. I don't know how you view it. I don't think Simmons is going anywhere. I think he'll get a franchise tag or a long-term deal. Uh, Obviously a big part of Vic Fangio's defense. So I don't know how realistic any argument is uh, for him, but it does bring up certainly the issue of safety on the Washington football team. When you have Cameron Curl coming off an outstanding rookie year, you have DeShazer Everett, who's really a strong safety, who played a lot at free safety and is certainly a special teams leader and captain, but you have to 
kind of wonder what his long-term viability is. And then the big one is you have Landon Collins and yeah, he costs a ton of money. It was a bad deal that they signed him to when they signed him to it. It's an even worse deal now. And we don't know what he's necessarily going to be like when he comes back. And that brings up an important kind of issue. What do you do with a guy like Landon Collins? Yeah. When you, when you talk about Landon Collins, I think uh, you're just going to have to bite the bullet for a year on that one and hope that he can bring some value to your roster. I mean, like you said, it was a bad contract when they gave it to him. Or uh, when they agree to it with them, it's a bad contract this year. You can't, I mean, I, you could never say never, I guess. You know, if they end up in a salary cap situation where they're willing to bite the bullet on that one. Um, but if I remember correctly, they've gotten more dead money tied to that that contract if they get right. out of it this year than they owe him, you know, up front, just keep him on the roster. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a kind of a cheaper to keep him type of situation, really. Um, so that's that's what kind of makes that situation difficult and, and you know, uh, figuring out what to do in the future. Justin Simmons is is an amazing talent and, and a great young safety that Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos would absolutely be off their rocker to let out of the Mile High City. Um, but, you know, while he's available or while he's pending to be available, you know, we got to do our due diligence to talk about him. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a supremely talented guy. And you imagine him and, and Cam Curl and, you know, depending on what Cam can, can turn into even, even more moving forward, that's an exciting back end of your defense that really complements that front end of your defense. Now you just got to go out there, nail a draft pick or two in the middle, and you've got a championship caliber defense, and really, it kind of happened that fast. You know what I mean? So it's it's uh, it's definitely interesting. And if he hits the open market, man, I mean, I don't. He's he's going to make a lot of money if he hits the open market. Mm-hmm. And I think he's definitely going to look for a contender. You know, uh, the the good news for Washington is there aren't a lot of quote unquote contenders as far as like your final four teams. I don't have the rankings right in front of me, but I think the Buccaneers have the most cap space of any of the quote unquote, you know, contending teams from this year's playoffs. And they're not looking for safety help, at least not for what Justin Simmons can bring. Uh, now with Antoine Winfield Jr. back there. Um, so, I mean, in that light, you know, maybe Washington has a chance, but again, you pair that with the Landon Collins contract. Can you really, even for just one year, can you really justify as a franchise dedicating that much of your salary cap right. to the defense position that quite frankly plays the furthest away from the ball? And I don't want to say it's not important, but the further you way you get from the ball, the less important you get, honestly. I mean, that's just kind of what it is. That's kind of football one-on-one, no doubt. But but the one thing that I would say is this team has never been able since Sean Taylor passed away. And I understand, you know, that that is a tragedy that nobody yeah. will ever get past and nor should they. This team has not been able to find a ball hawking free safety with range from sideline to sideline. And I do believe it hurts this defense because, yes, they struggle to stop the run at times, but – even if they're stopping the run, they don't have that lights out kind of presence in cover three, single high, deep center field, you know, somebody who can range. And again, those guys are really hard to find, but they don't have it. And Justin Simmons is one guy who could probably do that and do that well. But like you said, you know, they have so much money invested in Landon Collins, which again, never made sense to me uh, from the beginning. And then you have Cam Curl. And I don't know if Cam Curl can really do that. Uh, maybe Jeremy Reeves can do that. But, I, you know, again, I, I, I don't see that. So they're kind of always chasing this ideal thing that you would like to add to your defense if you can without it costing a whole lot of money and that smells to me like a draft pick type situation uh maybe the kid from UCF uh that can really fly all over the place and was great uh down at the senior bowl uh somebody like that uh as opposed to spending a boatload of money on a free agent 
Yeah, I mean Richie Grant. That that's who yep. you're talking about. Richie yep. Grant would be would be a lot of fun uh, to watch in in this defense. I think and and him and Cam Curl would would pair up to be a really good combination as well. I mean, probably not as good right off the bat as a Justin Simmons, you know, would. But I mean, that's that's definitely a good consolation prize if you want to call it, and a lot lot cheaper. And it allows you to get a year deeper, you know, with that Landon Collins contract. And I mean, if he if he kind of sees the writing on the wall, uh, Landon Collins that, you know, this is probably it, you know, after this season, they're probably going to move on from him via, you know, the draft pick that they already made or just kind of the conversation that's being had around him. He essentially kind of comes into it knowing that he's, he's on a contract year. I mean, that's kind of basically what it is, is he's basically playing uh, 2021 as an audition for other teams, um, you know, and, and if for the Washington football team, if he comes out and balls out and has an all pro season and, or, you know, pro bowl caliber year, then, I mean, they just benefit from that. And then they have a guy young and developing behind him waiting in the wing to take over if they still decide to move on from him in 2022, which I still think would probably be the most uh, advantageous situation. But yeah, I mean that, that would be a great pick. And that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. Like we talk about, you know, whether or not this team should draft, you know, the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board in the first round. And uh, I can tell all of our listeners right now, you know, a little bit of a spoiler alert. I'm probably never going to get to the place that I'm going to say this team should draft a quarterback where they're at in the draft. And I'm a huge trade back guy in the NFL draft, not so much mm-hmm. trade up guy. So if, if any Washington football fans are either listening to this show saying, I'm waiting for the moment where David Harrison says, yes, pull the trigger on one of these quarterbacks, it's probably not coming. I don't imagine it's coming without a swift kick to the head. Mm-hmm. Um, but drafting a safety would be beautiful. An off-ball linebacker, you know, in the middle of the late rounds or part of the first round would be great. Trading back even and then trading a first round or selecting a first round wide receiver, you know, would be, would be another smart move. You look at what Justin Jefferson was able to do uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, I think that's kind of the value you're looking to get here in yep. the draft if you can. Yeah, and Justin Jefferson was what twenty second overall. Yeah, I would say that uh, the Green Bay Packers surely probably wish they had him paired up with Devontae Adams. Right. Uh, Just one more quick note on Landon Collins. Right now, a scheduled cap number of sixteen point nine million dollars. But here's the catch: he's got five million of it in guaranteed salary, but the rest of his base salary, which is twelve point five million dollars, vests from injury only to a full guarantee, meaning skill, cap, injury, all of that on March 22nd. So if Washington wanted to move on from Landon Collins and take a big dead money cap hit, I think it would cost nearly $19 million mm. in dead cap money, but they would obviously um, you know, save some money by yeah. n- not having that base salary kick in as a full guarantee. Again, the medicals will be very important and we can debate that uh, as we go along. I also yeah. think you might be looking at Landon Collins moving down and closer to the line of scrimmage in maybe a linebacker role as a whole uh, so that you can get Reeves and or um uh, Cam Curl or and Cam Curl and maybe again somebody else that you draft or sign in free agency on the field all at the same time. Yeah, I mean you look at the role that Legarius Need filled for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. I'm not exact, you know, co- carbon copy, you know, one for the other, but I mean essentially a guy that plays close to the line of scrimmage like you're talking about sometimes will bail off into pass coverage, usually zone coverage in his kind of specific designated area. So you're not really committing him to following a guy per se, which which helps him if, the, if that injury is lingering, if there's a lack of athleticism or a decrease in his athleticism. But then you also use that aggressiveness and his athleticism to rush the passer every once in a while. Meanwhile, you're keeping opposing quarterbacks and offensive lines guessing back on their heels, trying to figure out what you're doing from a defensive standpoint. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you end up keeping him, you know, like you said, I mean, I think – by the end of by mid March, you know what I mean. By by the really the early part of the new league year, we're gonna know what Landon Collins' future is, at least as as it pertains to the Washington Football Team. But if they do end up keeping him, 
you know, you can see a role for him if, like you said, if he's healthy. All right. That's David Harrison. Good to be back uh, together again. We will have one more episode coming up before the week is out. We send you into the weekend. We're going to hear a bunch of different audio on tomorrow's show. I don't want to spoil it, but we've got some names that we're going to hear from and examine more issues here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Again, for David Harrison, who you can check out on the Locked On Bucks podcast as well, uh, and on Twitter at dharrison82. You can check me out uh, on Twitter at russellmania621 and on the Team 980 Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 with Pete Medhurst uh, in Afternoon Drive. Uh, We are together for one more episode this week, and we are back with that in due time. This is the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. 